about the latter end of August, commemorating year 400 of the African-American sojourn. In remembrance and renewal, we embark upon a 30-day journey from history to healing and hope. Here's today's entry. If you have a sense of your heritage, you can use the lessons of your culture to understand what is happening around you currently, and you can use it to become a stronger person and to also heal from the wounds that have been inflicted on your people. Looking at that larger awareness, what strikes you these days? Uh, lots of things. I mean, I am always on the prowl for ways to help myself and other people get through challenging situations. So I'm really, I dig for information about how people got over, how people got through challenges and situations, especially oppression. So I've been reading my James Baldwin lately. I went and saw I Am Not Your Negro and I'm trying to find a way to go see it again as soon as possible. Because the more I, the more I feel like everything we're facing is new, the more I'm reminded that it is not. I Am Not Your Negro, that's the documentary about the life and work of James Baldwin. Absolutely, it's directed by Raoul Peck and it's phenomenal because you know we don't see James Baldwin on television anymore. And so it's easy to forget that, that the man was brilliant and eloquent. And one of the things that I, as a psychiatrist, have worked on with my patients who have had any number of traumatic experiences is I help them figure out their story. I help them put together their narrative because putting words to experiences is healing. James Baldwin is so eloquent. It's divine the way he is able to put together and help us understand what we are seeing in the past and in the present. Is there some moment in his writing that strikes you that's most appropriate for what you're saying? Oh my goodness. When, when James Baldwin said, I am not the n-word no we we can say it i I'm, okay. i am not a person who uses it in the pejorative i think you're doing someone else's job to damage yourself when you do that but i am a person who who acknowledges its history and yeah. unfortunately its legacy so i would i would urge you to speak the truth of the word that you're speaking about well so Baldwin says, why does America need a nigger? And that's the question. Once you figure out why, that, why this being is conjured up and created and perpetuated and projected onto people, then you've answered major questions about what we're facing as a people. And so for me, when I, when I saw the promo for the movie, and then when I saw the movie and I saw the greater context in which he was speaking, it just kind of, it just took my breath away, really. Because part of, again, what I've learned as a psychiatrist is that often when we find something intolerable about ourselves, we project it on to other people. Because God help us if we actually recognize that we've got dualities, we've got our own internal polarities and things. We'd much, it's much easier to just say those other people are like that. 
And why do those other people need a nigger? Oh, I mean, I think sometimes we all want a scapegoat. We want to be able to blame somebody for what is actually just regular human behavior when they are put under certain social circumstances, legal circumstances. So the idea is to, to really legitimize the maltreatment of people um, in our own personal lives and then on in a larger context. And conversely, I don't think anyone chooses to be that, but some people may want to say, well, then why do people want to act like that? So there is an outstanding book. Um, it is, it's, it's about a stereotype threat. And the author, uh, last name is Steele, uh, S-T-E-E-L-E. He talks a lot about how stereotypes are imposed on on people and then when they get into situations where they feel like they are and they're not even aware of it right but that when they're in situations where they have the opportunity to behave in multiple ways they choose the way unconsciously that conforms to stereotype do they have other images of who they might otherwise be. And I asked the question in the context, I remember getting a really poignant letter from a white woman married to a black man who was talking about her sons growing up calling themselves that word at this point. And she found it offensive, but she said, but I don't know what to do because their grandfather uses that term. And he uses it about himself. And we had a conversation about that. And ultimately, I suggested to her that maybe she have a conversation with her sons about how they see themselves, about their relationship to President Obama at that time, to Colin Powell at that time. Do they imagine in their wildest moments either of those two men calling themselves that word? Mm -hmm. And she did that. And of course, no, they did not. They could not in their wildest. And so we talked about how to honor their grandfather. And because he lived that life, because he was forced to live that life, but because he was a wonderful grandfather, how they're not living that life was actually a tribute to that grandfather. Mm. Why does someone need a nigger? I've long thought about the situation of Rosa Parks on that bus. And the truth of that day that we don't talk about is that that bus was nearly empty when she got on. She did sit towards the back of the bus. And he sat in the row that she was in when there were other empty seats all around the bus. And he and the bus driver made this issue about her having to get up and move. And I found that interesting because this is the land where people pride themselves on such grandiose male chivalry. Why did two grown men need an older black woman to get up and move for them? It's also interesting when people talk about black people wanting special treatment. No, 
she wanted an end to the special treatment of racism and segregation. That's what she wanted. Mm -hmm. So when you ask this question, why do people need a nigger? Why did those two men need her to get out of that seat? There's so many levels to this. I've been in South Africa twice now. I, I could spend days in the Apartheid Museum and in the Hector Peterson Museum. For me, the take home was we've got to keep people separate and unequal. And we need for that idea to permeate every part of their lives. And in order for us to maintain power, we need for people to follow these rules and know that they cannot be in the same places as we are. And I, I, when I think of how those power structures are maintained, and then also when they're dismantled, that for the person with privilege, equality feels like discrimination when they start to lose their, their privilege. So uh, that's something that has stayed on my mind a lot. You open this section talking about James Baldwin. Mm -hmm. And in addition to the statement that you quoted, I am not your nigger, I am not your Negro, he also had a phrase, if I am not who you say I am, then you are not who you think you are. Mm. About the Latter End of August is a production of Janice Adams, LLC, All Rights Reserved.